Uh, it's a beautiful day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my friends. What is up? I am Charlie Shrem, your host, and you're listening and watching another epic episode of Untold Stories, where together, twice a week, we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders, and we have a nuanced narrative of how this movement really came to be, who are the people, where we are right now, and where we're going. And it's really cool because, uh, you know, over the last three years, a lot of times it's like we're focused on if we're in a bear market, like what's going to happen next? Or if we're in a bull market, what is what is happening like in the past? Or like if it's today where you're seeing the UST Luna crazy, you know, craziness, what's going on there and the, with the stablecoin world and, and with Bitcoin and with the whole inflation, people want to know like what's happening right now, what's happening today. So it's like really fun to be able to do that. Um, it's my honor, a pleasure to introduce, you guys are in for a real treat today. Halsey Miner, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on Untold Stories today. Hey, thanks for having me. You, yeah, you are one of the, the digital me media pioneers uh, known for starting CNET in 1993. Uh, now you recently founded Vivid Labs. You've built so much, so many companies uh, in the non-crypto space and in the crypto space, like a, a company that we actually had the CEO, JP, on the show of Uphold, uh, Salesforce, Google Voice, so many different projects. And now you're really tackling with Vivid Labs, the uh, NFT publishing platform, which seems to me like the world is amalgamating and realizing that there is going to be like a relationship between content, crypto, NFTs, and our relationship to that content. and then. And that relationship is not just like a one-time, here's an NFT. What people forget about NFTs is that they're constantly being written to. It's the NFT that that's that's the it's a movable piece of code, not like, oh, I'm just giving you a JPEG and here it is, I'm selling it to you. That's not what that is. So we're 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 learning how to like create rich media experiences, but like maybe capture that cultural asset layer, if you will. Like what makes you know, if we all lived in a very transactional world, we wouldn't get anywhere. We were talking about this the other day. I had another guest talking about this, Halsey. Like, we need social layers. We need to be able to, like, I'll do for you because I don't expect anything in return. And back and forth, vice versa. That's really what creates the world and what makes the world amazing. You think we could capture that in an NFT? And I think, is that where the world is going? Um, yeah, I'd love to tell you about our take on NFTs. It, in many ways, combines um, a lot of the things I've done over the last 27 years. So, so you mentioned I started CNET and uh, built that into a NASDAQ 100 content site. Um, so we, we really, at CNET, we really sort of created the idea of a media website. It ended up being a $500 million a year business when I left in uh, 2000. Uh, we spun out the leading web publishing software platform called Vignette. I left, co-founded Salesforce, spent four and a half years doing that, then launched uh, Google, uh, created Google Voice, created OpenDNS, and then uh, created Uphold. And you said you had JP on. Yeah. Uh, JP was the first person to, to believe in the idea, put money in the idea. And then after I left, uh, ultimately, uh, ultimately ran it. So I've seen pretty much kind of every wave, the sort of common common gone but you know most of them haven't haven't gone i mean most 
I think my companies today are worth about $285 billion and have 320 million viewers um, a month for various different different websites. So media has been, you know, uh, you know, media and kind of cloud software have been, you know, two things that I've been sort of inexorably sort of linked to and 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 uh, have had success in and 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 really enjoy sort of, you know, trying to figure out um, uh, unique and and novel ways to 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 leverage. And so we we brought an entirely different point of view to NFTs. Um, I mean, it's it's significantly different in the way that we think about NFTs versus the way NFTs work today. So the most important, I think the two most important parts, and there are a number of important parts, but the two yeah. most important parts are you can put any kind of asset in our NFT. You can put video, audio, you can put uh, uh, tickets that go into your Apple wallet. You can put FBX files for 3D. You can put uh, AR, you can put literally any kind of asset can fit. And, and we also, because of our video heritage, we support long, you can put multiple uh, movies in a, in a single NFT. So we have very, very strong capabilities around, um, very, very strong capabilities around um, um, uh, video uh, as well. So there are so many use cases that this opens up. The second part, which is uh, you know, is a, it's a very simple idea, but it's probably you know uh, as as strong as the other, is that our NFTs can be updated forever. So you can imagine people in the music industry who release a song, they have footage from concerts, they have uh, footage from recording studio, they have yeah. album art, they have you know liner notes, they have um, uh, images of the the creators, the, the music act. Yeah. Um, but but then they can push tickets to you or they could push their tour schedule. So we're seeing some really, really amazing kinds of um use cases that that uh you just you just don't hear about in the in the uh NFT world today. I mean, we've got some really interesting use cases that we're we're you know already uh underway with today. What do you, what do you, what do you I, I get this question all the time. I'm heading over to the Cannes Film Festival next week and I'll be actually doing uh, uh, some live live shows from there. Um, I'm hosting on May 22nd, a big party. If anyone is going to be in Cannes or France, send me a message because we're doing like a crypto NFT um, Bitcoin event um, um, with Coin Agenda, which is a big Bitcoin conference. It's like the same week. So we're doing like a big thing. We have celebrities, film studios. Uh, um, you know, big hedge funds, and they all ask me the same thing. Like Charlie, we have assets that have communities. We Snow White, you know, like famous movies, a uh, uh, blank check, and all these things that have, that are still making tens of thousands of dollars a month over decades. And they see NFTs as like this value add, but they don't know what to do or how to do it. How would you? What would you do? We see what we're creating is an entirely new media format. And we think we have uh, a number of um, uh, current customers in the music industry. So for music, you know, instead of um, just releasing a file for streaming, uh, which generates some revenue, you have the ability to actually sell the same content. So you can sell the song with the art, uh, with video from the recording studio, you know, with 
a whole bunch of other assets that makes it particularly um, valuable. So, so you know, we have. Uh, I don't know when this is launching, but um, sure. we're we're doing something for Airbud, which is a the TV show that's that's on Netflix now. Um, and you know, what are you guys doing with them? This is cool. I'm checking this out. Um, so I love uh, Airbud. That was my favorite show when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, there are a lot of assets that you create, whether you create a movie, let's, let's just take an example of if fast and furious one, you know, had, had launched and had, uh, sold their, uh, their video, uh, as an NFT, they could have put a lot of additional content in it. And then they could have maintained a relationship with you for two years while they were making number two, and then while they were making number three. So this ability to constantly update an NFT, yeah, um, the really really powerful marketing um, um, method. So so we've got you know a lot of people in in media, but we've also got these completely different use cases. That I mean, there's, one of them is just is fantastic that we're, we're developing uh, with an entrepreneur. So, you know, obviously when people sign their last will and testament, um, there's a lot of litigation that goes on afterwards, yeah. right? You know, was the person um, sober or, you know, under duress when they signed it? Were they, uh, were they actually, um, um, were they were actually sort of mentally capable of making the decisions that they made? So, so, so the company they're launching um, uses our NFTs to take the actual last will and testament and put it on the blockchain, along with video from the person whose uh, who's, um, last will and testament it is. So what can you do that? Well, he can explain exactly why everybody is getting, or she yeah. can explain exactly why everybody is getting what they're getting. Um, so the full rationale can be fully explained, which is not captured in the legal document. Um, they can prove that they're of sound mind. They can prove the date that it was signed because it's signed and it goes on the block blockchain. And then they can leave messages for their loved ones. So, you know, it's a, it's a kind of beautiful thing to be able to do, right? You, you're able to, um, you're able to, um, you know, record something for, for each and, and every person. So it's, you know, this is the, they came to us because, because it's a, it's a, it's a lawyer who's, you know, sees this how much so litigation, cool. how much litigation goes on as a result of this. And, and the video, you know, in conjunction with the documents that are all on the blockchain, um, you know, should, I mean, this is the, the belief, uh, should greatly reduce um, litigation after um, last will and testament is signed, um, but but also provide a level of sort of humanity um, that doesn't come when you just get the you know you just read the when you just you know read the read the document to the to the heirs. So so there's, there's a new once you start wow conceiving of this not an NFT as a as a GF. But you can start conceiving of it as like a website. It's like, because, you know, when, when we were doing C9, we started in 93. We were very, very, very early. 
And, um, you know, we, 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 at CNET, we really did sort of create the modern sort of website. Web oh my God. CNET for, was the, the homepage of the internet. Like I, I grew up on CNET. Actually, the first article ever written about me in Bitcoin in 2012 was a CNET article. It's my yeah, whole so life. We, I feel like I'm talking yeah, to Santa so, Claus here. Yeah. So we not only, um, you know, sort of created the, the, the modern sort of web publishing kind of concept, but we, there are software we spun out and that became an $11 billion company called, called Vignette. So we played a very early role in, in publishing. And I was struck when I was doing CNET that I, I could put graphics together with, uh, with uh, text and animation. We, we actually had five TV shows too. So we could put video there. And so the, there was this new thing called the website. And it's very interesting because a lot of people didn't get the website. I mean, it seems so obvious right now, but you know, Bill Gates for the first two years of the internet, you know, it wasn't until uh, uh, 1997 uh, when we were uh, a year away from being a NASDAQ 100 company that he finally realized that the web and the internet was going to be, was going to be interesting. I just want to know if there are any like open source software like this, like discovery mechanisms for people. Like if you like this, then you may like that because I could see definitely NFT in that respect being helpful there. Well, I think there are companies that are, I mean, I just, I saw a business plan for some company that wants to look at what NFTs you have and then tell you what other NFTs are out there. And I mean, there's some complexity in doing that, right? Because if, let's say, I mean, I think we're going to create a whole new market for, um, if, if you go back 10 years or 15 years. It was a golden age of movies because people went to the movies and they and they also bought the the, uh, the, D, the DVD. So they they got they got paid twice, right? Yeah. So so we're trying to do this again with a lot of industries like um uh uh like like music, for instance, where you can sell your song, but you also have a separate item that you create that has art and all kinds of things, and so you can monetize your content again. Uh, and then maintain that relationship with your, uh, you know, with your with your fans by, by by making it updatable. So, if you tried to look at the NFTs that I bought, and let's say they're all music related, you'd have to figure out what other kind of bands sure. I like, and and that's a that's a hard problem, you know, even for Spotify um, to to figure out. But but I, you know, there are people trying to do these kind of predictive models. In, you know, we have um, we we have in Alpha we have a very very small uh, group of people uh, right now, but um, uh, we're creating an app that has all these capabilities um, working with um, a few very large <laughs> interesting partners. Yeah, and um, you know, part of what uh, you know, part of what um, you know, we have to do is is to figure out like Twitter or like Instagram. How do we find the right kind of NFTs that sort of match uh, what your level of interest in? But, but so, you know, I think you kind of have a, the website on one side, and then you've got kind of Twitter and Instagram on the other side. And we kind of see this sort of NFT thing being kind of right in the middle, it's kind of like a website has lots of content to it, but it's also updatable. So it's, 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 uh, so it's, it's social. You're also making me think about this whole term of like web three. And I'm wondering if, if you see what this all is, is web three, because there are very few people that could actually 
say like what was web one and was web two? Is this actually like web three? Like, how do you feel about that? Having built your companies in like a web two or whatever? Yep. I mean, it's really interesting. I've, I've always sort of struggled with what what web one, web two and web three are because they've all kind of blended together for me. Um, You know, I've sort of been active in sort of web 2.5, web 1.5. So, yeah. But I, I can say for what we're doing that this is the most interesting thing I've done since CNET when we were figuring out what a website was um, and then Salesforce while we were figuring out what this new model for, for, for software uh, was cap- capable of doing. The, the ability to be able to package up all this content and then to, and then to be, you know, be put it in a container and be able to sell it or share it for, for free. We don't, you know, because there, there are models for, for both. Um, I had a, 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 a sister who died not long ago. And, um, you know, if we, if we had, uh, um, had sort of had the software ready, I would have put together videos and images and all kinds of stuff. And then I would have shared it out to, uh, to the, to the, you know, to, to my, my broader family. So, so the concept, I think, it doesn't just work for things that you sell. It can also work for, it can be a locker that's for things that you want to put together and you want to, um, you want to share. Um, so, you know, it's like a, it's like more content than Twitter or Instagram, you know, less content than a website. You had this world that you built that was based on like people going to a web page, right? So you build the page or you build the site or you build the content and someone's coming to you. But now it's very three-dimensional because you've created this movable, this movable locker, if you will, that mm-hmm. contains everything that can constantly be written to. So it can be changing in real time. But at the same time, it's it's what changes it. It's not what the creator says. It's also based on the user's interactions throughout the world. So it's like you pick up this this knapsack when you start your life, if you will, and you're carrying it around through your, your backpack through your life. And that's the NFT. And in the NFT is this like this Web3 world that now you you own also. Is that kind of like I, I'm always trying to like get into how people perceive these things? Yeah, I mean, you know, whenever I do these things, I think in terms of use cases, you know, I bought um, my daughter uh, when she was born, I bought her a uh, charm bracelet and I've been connecting uh, oh, that's sweet. charms when we travel and and on each of the charms I've written down where it is. Um, but to be able to turn that into an NFT, right? So, you know, I I, I, I take a picture of the... Of the um, um, I take a picture of the bracelet and then every time I go someplace, right, I put in some video about the place and where we got, we got the, the charm. Um, so, you know, the, we really see sort of anything kind of being turned into an NFT, right? That there's, there, I mean, obviously not anything, but, but, but anything you care about can be, can become an NFT. And, you know, a lot of the use cases now are really around sort of uh, sports and art. You know, they're very yeah. limited in amount of content. But, you know, having, um, you know, started companies that are 25 years old now, you know, you, you see, uh, you know, how much things can evolve over the years. 
NFTs is going to be a new insurance format, right? I mean, hmm. you're going to, you know, you're going to take pictures of everything that you bought and all of the um, receipts that you have, and and you're going to update them, and and that's you know that that's that's where that industry is going to work. Just just like the the lawyers who do last will and testaments are, are no longer going to be just doing documents. So you're looking at NFTs as a potential like, dude, this is crazy. This is cool because. I think either in my mind they compete with websites. Like 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 there was the website. I, mean, I spent all this time trying to figure that out. Okay, what can we do on a website? What do people really want? How do you you know? And and for me, the NFT is as fundamental in the way that we practice it. It's as fundamental as the website is. It's just um, um, and here's the great here's a really really great irony, right? Um, I don't know if it's ironic, but it, as it is interesting. Sure. You know, if you went and you talked to anybody in the enterprise blockchain world, let's take IBM as a as kind of the quintessential example. Yeah, they're a perfect example. If you if, if you watched any of the TV commercials that um, IBM did, they were all farm to table. What I mean by that is they claimed that they could track your vegetables from the time they're picked all the way through to the store, okay? All of their use cases were like that. The other use cases they had were around, you know, trade, moving products, you know, along the line. And they would uh, write on the blockchain kind of every step in, in the process. So, and, and, and the, you know, that was, that was, that's really the, the, best use case that a lot of these enterprises have come up with. I mean, it's, it's been somewhat disappointing um, how the enterprise have used the blockchain. If you think about it, that's kind of what this is, right? I mean, this is using the blockchain for, you know, people have looked at, at storing a lot of different things on the blockchain. Why don't we store everything on the blockchain? <laughs> you know? and, then, um, and, then, and then use that power, um, you know, to be able to, um, you know, capture um meaning context content you know you can capture context yeah 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 you can't capture context i mean that's what that's what video gives you it gives you context that you don't otherwise have it's true for it's true for a band it's true for a movie you know if you buy the the DVD of the movie, they can have the making of the movie that's also part of, of the, the, the DVD, right? They can have assets that are part of the movie. They can have three-dimensional assets that they give you and you can play around with. It's so funny that I know you're right because I work in film distribution as well. And the end of the DVD was literally the end of like independent Terrible. film. Because- Terrible. Yeah, at that point, there was no- Horrible output for so you can still get like a walmart dvd deal so we just made a movie and we're working on like a walmart dvd deal and you'll we'll break even on the walmart dvd yeah which is okay because that because it's more of like i want to hold the dvd of the movie we made correct yeah yeah but it's it's not the big payday that it used to be when everybody went to the movie and they bought the dvd and that was the goal that that was the true golden age of hollywood um, was when people were were willing to do both of those things. Uh, we want to re- create a world where our artists have a new way of both expressing themselves creatively um, and generating additional revenue from the 
content they create. Um, and, you know, for music, I have no context now when I listen to a song on the radio, right? I mean, the context of the album is gone, right? I mean, you used to lay out songs and, the, and you laid them out, you know, in a way that uh, made sense, at least to the artist. Um, that's gone. You know, nobody does that anymore. I mean, I guess some people listen to albums, but not, not, not really. No, you're right. right. So, so it's, it's trying, it's, it's bringing lots of context back to, uh, back to the, the album cover was context, right? So streaming has kind of stripped all that out. And so we're trying to give uh, people in the music industry an opportunity to start monetizing their content um, in a, in a new way um, that lets them communicate tons of context about who they are and uh, you know their music and what it's about, um, you know all the things that that make a difference. Do you think people will like maintain NFT collections the same way they maintain like DVD collections? I th uh, yeah, I, I think so. I th I Similar think so. like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I mean, you'll have you know you'll you'll have tons that are you know you sort of uh, you know put in archive and you've got the ones that you have you know right now. Um, I, I mean, uh, and there's so many uses. I mean, I I have like like I said, we have this app that we're it's a really cool <laughs> app, quasi, quasi secretly <laughs> building. But you know, no, I'm I looking at it right my, now. It's really cool. No, the app's not is not out. No, the um, screenshots on here. Um, but the, uh, but, you know, I put all of my kids um, COVID stuff in a single, you know, NFT. So I just kind of pull that up and I've got images and, you know, all stuff. And, and so, so that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a weird kind of NFT. It's an NFT of convenience, you know, and context. Um, so I, you know, it's uh you know we're really kind of exploring the limits yeah. of, of what of what these are and and we're seeing again the nfts are kind of like websites there's just there's just you know you can have paid websites you can have free websites you can have you know you can oh. have all kinds of models around you can have websites uh, where it costs money you can have investing websites you yeah it's you can yeah. have free meme websites yeah i see what you're saying right so it's right. like the same argument. It's like if you create a website and someone gets value out of it, that's not a security. So it's similar with NFTs. Oh, we're just giving the SEC more work now. Jeez. No one can figure this thing out. I feel bad for the regulators. We're we're fighting back hard against that. I mean, yeah. you know, we're working with a, a big company or two and, and it's very important uh, for the entire industry that we're able to um, Make sure that these NFTs are treated like content. Um, like, you know, my I have, you know, said that we're, we're not that different from a streaming service, you know. So when it comes to, um, you know, how much the, the major platforms charge for in-app stuff to, uh, you know, to the regulatory environment, I mean, if you buy a song from iTunes, you you, you don't need to do KYC. Yeah, a good <laughs> so, point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, so you know, to me, the whole uh, you know the sort of look. I mean, it, it 
if you buy a really, really expensive NFT, then, you know, maybe you should do KYC. But, but you know, I mean, uh, and, and by the way, I'm all for uh, AML KYC. I mean, we, 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 we do it at, at Uphold. Um, and, and, and I think it's a very important part, part of the, uh, of the, the regulatory. Um, it's a oversight. super important part, but it's like our job here is, is, is helping the regulators figure out where to draw that line. Because at the end of the day, I believe that everyone's like good and their job is just to root out like scams and frauds, but we have to be self-regulatory and it doesn't really help when the thing with the stable coins and, and things like that happen, and, you know, and it's just we we go crazy a little bit and get <clears throat> a little bit too greedy. I've, I've even watching what's been going on in, in the in the industry the past few days. No, I actually I actually haven't followed the um, the stable coin. Uh, it's been about stable coins. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 USDP. I mean, yeah. Well, and actually, this brings me up to a good conversation that I want to talk to you about. So, like, you have. People try to ask me what stablecoins are, and there's there are probably th three different types of stablecoins. You have like the USDC, USDT style stablecoin that are basically backed by either like like varying percentages of cash, treasuries, dollars in a bank accounts, or like very 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 highly graded like government debt or whatever it is. Some other ones hold like commercial paper of like businesses, you know, debt against major IBM type businesses. But then you have the algorithmic stable coins, which over the past 10 years have tried and failed to build a stable coin. Sorry. Th that's never made any sense to me. How do you have something that's not backed that guarantees that it has value? It, it's... If if the value is totally in the eye of the beholder, the beholder can very easily decide that that is zero. Yes. If it if it's if it's backed by uh, USDC, if it's backed by dollars in a bank account, the user can't. That that's not that doesn't make sense. But the obviously, the say, person the person responding to you would say, "Well, what if like you're holding the USDC and the dollar fails? Then yeah, you're losing the dollar. You know, because the dollar is never going to fail. If you the can dollar make the same fails, agreement." Then we're all screwed. Yeah, at that point, it, it, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to live in that it, world anymore. If the dollar, if the dollar fails, we li we literally don't have society anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't think I'm being dramatic about that. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Now the dollar goes up and down in in you know in proportion to other currencies. Um, so you had this stable coin, right? That was UST. That was supposed to be in a decentralized way, backed by Bitcoin. And Luna. Now, backing it by Bitcoin, I could see working in maybe a few decades from now because existence it's and value too volatile. is generational. You need kids to like wake up and you need old people to die uh, when Bitcoin has already been existing. It needs generate. Bitcoin is so early. It needs decades of gen or generation to really be in this like the gold where people really believe that it's like a long like. You can make the same argument of like building a stable coin backed by gold, right? Like what if gold is only valuable because all the people holding it believe it has value? Same thing like Bitcoin and dollars to some extent. However, and what I'm getting at here is I think that stable coins in the future are going to be backed by businesses like yours. And what I mean by that is I think stable coins are going to be backed by, it's so radical and I hope I'm right, backed by cash flow. So instead of you, if you're holding one stable coin, 
instead of knowing that that stablecoin is a dollar sitting in an account, you know that that is guaranteed $1 of profit at the end of the year or something like that. And I don't know how you get to that, but that's where I think this thing goes. That's kind of like uh, buying a stock with a coupon. Yeah, same exact yeah, type of thing. Interest. It pays interest. A stable coin, you could argue that a stable, if you take, and here's a great idea for a stable coin. I would buy this stable coin. If you had a stable coin that included a basket of like stocks that are just geared towards paying a stable dividend, there are stocks that are ground for like 100 years that just pay dividends. Like, I don't know them. I'm not really a stock trader, but that's a perfect example. But there's going to be middlemen involved. And there are going to be broker dealers and prop shops and trading desks and regulations and lawyers and blah, 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 that are just going to take the fees along the way. It's not worth it anymore. But if you have a crypto DAO cash flowing business like yours, that if the money doesn't leave crypto, if the profit stays in the crypto ecosystem and then goes directly into backing a stable coin, we've just created our own dollar. We've just created our own in in economy yeah. currency, you, we've also uh, we've also violated a lot of uh, shit. Yeah, I know. I'm leaving the room. I know. I'm not going back to jail. I, yeah. I I'm just saying it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. it's not going to work. Not today. Not today. Maybe in a generation yeah. or two from now. But this is yeah. like the forward thinking stuff that I'm sure you thought about. Can you can you go back and think about when you were building in the '90s? Like, oh, I wish the internet did this, or I wish I could do that. Uh, at the time, yeah, yeah, I wish it could use. Um, yeah, I wish it could uh, could have done done video better. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were producing TV shows, and you know, video was was uh, you know was very difficult over the early internet with dial up modems. In the technology, like I just uh, you know, the other day I downloaded Flash again because I needed to use it for something. I wanted to play an old game that I used to play on. Uh, Ebaum's World. Do you remember Ebaum's World or whatever? No. Nah. It was just one of these yeah. like type of sites you could play flash games or uh, or a new underground or whatever. Uh, you could play all these flash games. Like, like, could you believe that flash is just not even used anymore? It's like technology that what's the word? They sunset. Yeah, I, I always hated flash. So it, it made my it made Same. seen that slower. So I I know. I, I, <laughs> I always hated we have advertisers who want to do flash ads and they'd screw up the loading of a page. Yeah. I I was that guy who made flash ads. That was my first job in high, right out of high school. I was just, I downloaded Macromedia Flash and I just started learning how to create my own animation. I would design ads for people using flash, but it would slow down the whole website. Um, oh, Back to the good old days. So what's next for Vivid Labs? Like what you guys, so if I have a property a film that I've already made and sold. Should I come to you to create the the NFT product around that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you can um, you can you can do two things, right? You can create something and put it on Netflix, and you can create a uh, an NFT with us, and um, you know, put in a bunch of other assets and monetize it. You know, I mean, it's it's you know, I mean, it's it, it's really up to the um, you know, it's if if you have a lot of creativity and and you know you uh, can come up with ways of supplementing. They used to do this with DVDs. DVDs yeah. had additional inf information content on them, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's not it, it. This is really kind of an old idea. 
when you when you start talking about um but so you know when they had these dvds that had all this other content on it um you know it was a dvd so it was it was not you know it was digital but not transportable yeah um so so yeah i mean i think you know like i said there are industries that are you know like the legal profession all the way through to um you know, the content creation in this industries today that can really take advantage of our platform. I like what you talked about earlier with with potentially NFTs taking over like litigation. I mean, how many lawsuits would be prevented if like the connection between parties was predefined and like the last will is such a great idea for that. Yeah. And expressed in video alongside the the agreement. Yeah, so beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time and, and coming on Untold Stories today and teaching us so much. We're going to go out and build out all these businesses today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.